I have been in the environmental realm for almost 10 years now. Um, I've actually been a wildland firefighter on the side out west. Um, I have worked with black bears, uh, gray wolves. I've done emergency response, threatened and endangered species review, wetland delineations. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass area FM radio dial, 102.9. So here today with an introductory conversation with Brika Lai Goodlander, our conservation agent. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good. So, you know, I know we finally connected and it was like, wait a minute, you've been here how long? And we haven't done this yet? Oh, my. I apologize. (laughs) That's okay. I'm busy. I like to hide in the recesses, out in the weeds. weeds. Literally, potentially, in the woods, in the streams. Yes, yes. So we'll get into that. But as as part of the intro to the Franklin folks and for the listeners, thank you for listening. I think you'll enjoy this one. And we're part of at least something of a series as we get into the more details and you'll figure out what those details are as we go. So thank you for listening and stay tuned. But in terms of the background for them to understand you a little bit, uh, what do you do? And particularly, begin with, how did you get here to Franklin? <laughs> sure. Um, so my background, I am a certified and professional wetland scientist, actually. Um, I am originally from Minnesota, where I was also a wetland scientist, um, and I have been in the environmental realm for almost 10 years now. Um, I've actually been a wildland firefighter on the side out west. Um, I have worked with black bears, uh, gray wolves. I've done emergency response, threatened and endangered species review, wetland delineations. Um, So as mentioned, I, I am a professional wetland scientist. And here in Franklin, I am the conservation agent and natural resource protection manager. You've got a lot to do there, it sounds yeah. like, especially with now that the town has completed the purchase of 200 acres of open space, which is yeah. preserved for open space. That just yep. adds to your charter, really, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So part of my part of my job duties is being the, the manager for all of the open space areas in town. So the acquisition of Schmidt Farm is huge and, and a fantastic resource um not only just for the environment of franklin but also for the people that that live here yeah i'm looking forward to because i know one of the things that's been mentioned and again it still needs to be planned out but as a user of the community garden at the king street memorial Mm -hmm. park it's potential that we could expand and have another community garden at schmidt farm because there was already space there it was a farm so that would be a natural fit yeah, absolutely. And you're not the first person I've heard that from. And actually, that's for, you know, later in our conversation, that's a great segue into the mm-hmm. open space plan. Yes. So what is the basic role of the conservation agent? Obviously, you're kind of the legal body in terms of the person for the town charged with this, but charged with what? <laughs> what does that sure. mean? <laughs> yeah. That's actually, that's a good question, Steve. Um, So I, as a conservation agent, I am the 
see, how do I put this uh, succinctly? So I am the liaison through the Conservation Commission. So the Conservation Commission is the regulating authority for the Wetlands Protection Act. And I and I know that's a mouthful and, you know, as you said, legal. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the state, MassDEP, has a Wetlands Protection Act and it is to the towns to administer and oversee that act. Um, so the Conservation Commission is that regulating body. Um, also, in the town of Franklin, we have a pretty conservative bylaw for wetlands protection. So mm-hmm. we actually have more protection for wetlands and water resources, um, lakes, streams, ponds, rivers, all wetlands um, here in Franklin. So in the normal day-to-day or the basic role of a conservation agent um, for the legal under the legal umbrella is I take in permit applications from um, let's say residents that want to build a shed to residents that want to build a pool to even, you know, big box developers like Target or Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take in those applications. I review those applications um, as a professional wetland scientist, conduct site visits, make sure that the applicant is compliant under the Wetlands Protection Act and the local Franklin Wetlands Bylaw. And then I help liaison between the commission and the applicant um, to ensure that the project is optimized um, to the best extent practicable. I am also the Conservation Commission's content expert, for uh, lack of a better phrase, not to put Mm -hmm. myself on a pedestal, Mm -hmm. but um, I am their wetland scientist. Um, We also have a peer review during this permitting process. Um, So then also as a conservation agent, I conduct um, construction monitoring. So I make sure during these projects, everything is up to par. Everything is environmentally safe. The resources are protected. Wildlife is protected. Um, And that is that is more of the the daily bread of the conservation Mm -hmm. agent. However, um, what I tend to enjoy a little bit more is actually meeting with residents, doing um, organizing of events, um, designing other environmental conservation town-based projects. For example, um, in collaboration with DPW, we're designing turtle designated turtle nesting habitat throughout Franklin. We are restoring habitat um, for biodiversity and climate mm-hmm. resiliency. We're also um, taking a holistic approach to beaver dams. Yes. Um, so we're, we're, we're doing a lot of good projects founded in sound science, but that are not your average development. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so picking that's... up on a couple of points there to help folks understand, I know from time to time there's a beaver beaver problem with the dams at the Delcock Conservation. So mm-hmm. working through those issues, now you're kind of the lead in that yeah. regard. Yep. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, I'm also, just as a side comment, um, I'm going through um, something called Beaver Institute, so that is sponsored by Beaver Solutions, and I'm in there. It's not an accredited program, but it is a program um, to train professionals to best handle beavers and to simultaneously protect them and, you mm-hmm. know, human infrastructure. Yeah. Um, because we we want them, um, which is a whole nother separate conversation that we could have, Steve. <laughs> That'll be part of our future future <laughs> episodes a, in the exactly series. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Because I know um, as having walked amongst the trails, clearly there are beavers and I'm sure they're still active. I know I've seen at least uh, a 
kind of the mound, the hut, uh, the yeah. living area in a couple of yeah. spots there. And sometimes in better weather, you can see them around, but certainly just walking the trails, you see the signs there where you, they've gnawing on a tree or a tree is over, et cetera. Yeah. So. yeah. They're uh, busy beavers. Busy um, beavers and then the last, the last portion of that is I'm also, if somebody um, sees something happening to a water resource or vernal pool or any sort of wildlife, um, I'm that go-to person. I'm the person you call and the person you report that to, and mm -hmm. then I help solve that problem. Um, yeah, so. that's one of the things that I think from a resident's perspective, they some, they may not, they should, but they may not necessarily fully appreciate or understand that if they're living in kind of the natural environment, they may have a stone wall along the way and there's mm -hmm. some water once in a while there. That may be the indication of that kind of vernal pool that yeah. now puts them into that additional, and I think it's what, 200 feet of an area for a, yeah. a draw line? It's it's a hundred to two hundred depending on the resource. So if you're by a river or a perennial stream, so a stream typically in layman's terms, something that's flowing year round, that's right. two hundred feet. Um, yeah. Vernal pool would be a hundred feet. Um, intermittent stream a hundred feet. And I, again, I I'm always open to talk to residents about that and help navigate um, legal policy, permitting, mm -hmm. even just you know, restoration. And I want to be utilized as a resource for the town. So Yeah. And before something happens, as opposed to after, yes. hopefully. Yes. yes, it is. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's much, much harder to, yeah, much exactly. harder to recover. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And I think while you, that's in the space, you handle the permits, you're available for advice beforehand. What, and I think you're also in supporting the Conservation Commission, then you're part of those meetings. What's yeah. kind of the typical day, if you have a typical day, in terms of yeah. a conservation agent? Well, Steve, I always bring my waders and two pairs of muck boots and a change of socks <laughs> in my car. To be prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an opportunity meets preparedness. Um, so my typical day, I would say I spend a good good couple hours um, keeping current with permits. Um, for example, right now we have seven public hearings, we being the Conservation Commission and myself as their liaison, we have seven public hearings, which means I am project managing um, those permits. So I receive information from applicants, I receive information from our peer review, I make my own determination, I present that to the commission. Um, again, that's the daily bread rotating schedule you know, set in stone sort of job duties. Um, but I care. I'm passionate. I take my position seriously. So going off of all these open spaces, I do make sure that once a week I go around and I check out our open spaces, make sure that no nefarious activity, you know, mm -hmm. is taking place. Um, I, you know, clear culverts. Sometimes I help out DPW with that, especially if they're within jurisdiction, um, which culverts are because it's a water resource, right? right. Um, or they're within water resources. I meet with a lot of homeowners. Um, that's probably one of the t my favorite job duties, actually. I really mm -hmm. like interacting with um, homeowners and guiding them either through tree removals or they're wanting to plant native species, something like that. Um, I like facilitating those discussions and providing um, 
while being a resource, as I mentioned before, um, for the town. So I, I do a little bit of office work, um, a little bit of field work, and a lot of liaisoning. <laughs> mm-hmm. So a couple of things to follow up on. Chloe, you mentioned the native plants. And obviously, yeah. I would think as a corollary to that, avoiding the invasive plants. <laughs> because yeah. in some cases, those have become so prevalent that people think they're kind of normal. But no, they're not really, they don't belong here. No, no, they don't. Um, I do receive, I would say maybe every two to three weeks, um, I receive phone calls for residents, even just asking if they can remove um, invasive plants from from their lawn or, you know, property, which which is great. And typically in that instance, for example, I'd come out to verify it is an invasive species and then help guide that process, especially if the property owner is within jurisdiction. So that's within sure. that 100 foot to 200 foot boundary. Um, and yeah. I I absolutely encourage removal of invasive species. So please, again, mm-hmm. utilize me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I think as part of the stormwater mitigation, the DPW has created a bunch of the kind of the rain gardens, et cetera. You have yeah. some consultation, at least if not heavy work in those spaces as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Rain gardens eventually become jurisdictional. <laughs> they You are you are essentially creating, um, you know, many wetland ecosystems mm-hmm. um, to be able to handle that the runoff and um, stormwater. So absolutely. Good. Well, I think that's a pretty good kind of snapshot, if you will, for the residents to kind of know, hey, we do have a conservation agent. She is here and she's been here and she's a resource. So we can include your contact info, uh, which I believe is up on the town page anyway. Um, And if people want to follow up on a conversation or ask some questions, I'm sure you're open for that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking some time today to introduce yourself to the community. And for the listeners, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.